Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. We're glad to be with you tonight. Hallelujah. Those that, that know me, you know I'm Brother Darrell. and coming to you from my home here in Louisville, Kentucky. Pastor asked if I'd be willing to minister tonight. Of course, I told him I would. I always look forward to every opportunity that we get to, to share the Word of God with you. So I want to share a little bit tonight and hopefully encourage you. Give you something to look up about. Hallelujah. A lot of crazy things going on right now, but but we know that Jesus has us in the palm of his hand. He's watching over us and he's keeping us and he's protecting us. But tonight, if you have your Bibles with you, let's uh, turn over to 2 Kings chapter 6. That's where we're going to start at tonight. We're going to read a lot of verses tonight. I just want to share the word with you and, and hopefully, like I said, encourage you this evening. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us, Lord. God, just to come before your people, Lord God, Father, through Facebook Live, Lord, just to share your word tonight, Lord, Father, to possibly encourage someone, Father, to lift them up, to let them know that you are here, that you're caring for us, that you're watching over us, you're keeping us, Lord. God, that you are for us, Lord. We honor you tonight, God. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. I ask you, Father, that you just have your way, Lord God. Anoint us, Lord God, that we would speak, Lord, words of life and words of truth this evening, Lord. We praise you, God, for all your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Like I said, if you have your Bibles, we'll start in 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 8. It says, now the king of Aram, that's the king of Syria, was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I'll set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware the, of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king, so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered. So I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those 
who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So God struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Now I wanted to talk tonight just for a little bit about those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You know, back several years ago, before the United States invaded Iraq during the Gulf War, Saddam Hussein threatened that if America were to invade and were to attack Iraq, it would be the mother of all battles. But Saddam was wrong. There's a scripture in the word of God that describes what the mother of all battles really is. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Skip the line. Let me go back and read it. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly realms. That's everyone's battle. That's my battle. That's your battle. That's your neighbor's battle. That's your grandma's battle. That's your mama's battle. That's your daddy's battle. It's everyone's battle. The battle for your very soul. John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Like I said, we're going to do a lot of scriptures tonight. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says this, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. we got to get our mind right. James 4, 7. Everybody likes quoting the last half of this verse. But let me tell you what the whole verse says. Submit yourselves unto God. Oh, we don't like that. We don't want to submit ourselves unto God. We want God to do what we want him to do. We want, we want to treat God like he's a genie in the lamp. You know, we want to rub the lamp and we want the genie to pop out and we want to give our wishes. That's the way we want God a lot of time, but it don't work that way. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. 1 John 4 and 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. 
doesn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed. It said no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you'll condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You want to win the battle? It's by God's spirit that you're going to win. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. But as Christians, we cry so much when somebody says something to us. They hurt our feelings so bad. Man, we get in a crying fit and we get to feeling sorry for ourselves, but you don't understand just how bad they treat me. It don't matter. Don't matter how they treat you. Lord's given you power. Act like you've got some power. Deuteronomy 28 and 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They'll come out against you one way, and flee before you seven ways. Then when we rise up and we walk in the power and in the spirit of God, the enemy scatters. He doesn't want anything to do with us because he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus Christ walking in us. 1 John 3 and 8, the last part of the verse says, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Psalms 44 and 5 says, Through you we will push back our adversaries. Through your name we will trample down those who rise up against us. Matthew 18, 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Some great scriptures tonight. Just wanted to, sh to share those with you, encourage you. Man, get the word of God down on the inside of you. That way when the enemy comes against you and he pushes in, word of God says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. The standard is the word of God. If we get the word of God hidden down within us, whenever the enemy comes in, the spirit of God will raise up that word that we've got hidden inside of us and put it allow it to come out of our mouth to speak to our situation that we're in in that moment in that present time. You know, we, we read the scripture at, at the beginning and, and we saw how God's invisible army was working miraculously to overcome the enemy on Israel's behalf. You know, they had heard about Elijah, Elisha and told the king, uh, of Syria, you know, it, it's that prophet that's down in, in Israel that's causing you all the problems. He's the one that's doing all this. It's not any of us. You know, he knows what you're saying in, your, in the secret of your bedroom. So you want anything done, you're going to have to get rid of him. So he sends out his army and they come down and they surround them. Next morning, the servant gets up, goes out, sees the army and is scared to death. All Elisha does is pray, Lord, just let him see. 
2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You know, Elijah and Elisha were, were two different creatures. Um, Elijah anointed Elisha to be his replacement. He told him, if you see me, whatever you want. And, and Elisha told him, I want, I want a double portion of that anointing. And he told him, he said, you see me leave, you've got it. You see me leave, it, 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 it's yours. And he came down, you know, and there in First Kings chapter 19, Elisha is out in the field and he's plowing with 12, 12 yoke of oxen. You know, man, he, he's getting some work done. He's from a good, balanced, well-off family. Have to be well-off to have 12 yoke of, yoke of oxen. You know, he, he wasn't a recluse. He wasn't a loner like Elijah. You know, Elijah, he was out by himself and he was just just on his own. But Elisha was, was relational. You know, when when he got called into the ministry, he, he told Elijah, he said, let me go back and let me tell my family goodbye. Elijah told him, you do what you want to do. But if you want what I got, you got to see me when I go. You know, he, he wanted that anointing. He, uh, Elisha wanted that anointing that, that Elijah had. And so he stuck with him until he got it. You know, and, and they were two different people. And whenever he got that anointing, he got that double portion of that anointing. You know, uh, Elijah faced one famine. Elisha faced three. Elijah did 16 miracles. Elisha did 32, depending on what all you count. But Elisha's last miracle occurred after he died. And he was buried in 2 Kings chapter 13. The Moabites had invaded Israel and they were fighting and they were in a battle. And a man got killed and they were going to bury him. But they were fleeing. They just threw his body in a grave. Happened to be the grave of Elisha. The dead man came to life and stood to his feet because he had touched the prophet's bones. Gerald Crabb wrote a song a long time ago, said a man was being buried, placed in another's grave. The men in charge of the enemy quickly ran away, but they threw his body in the ground and touched Elijah's bones. Elisha's bones. The dead man rose up with a shout, Great God, what's going on? So Elisha was a prophet of God. He was, he was uh, uh, the one who, who was doing great things. And, and he was telling the king of Israel every plan that the Syrian king had. He was letting him know, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. You know, don't go that way. They're going to be down there. Don't go this way. They're, they're making a plot against you over here. So don't do it. And so we read in the scripture that Benadad, the king of Israel, he was at war with Israel and he would send his army in to uh, attack towns along the Israeli border. But they had that early warning system in Elisha. 
the prophet of God, God would reveal everything to him. And, and so, you know, he would get mad because everything was going on. And he asked his people, said, which one of you guys is telling the king of Israel what I'm doing? They told him, no king, it's not us. There's a prophet in Israel and he's telling the king everything that you're saying in your bedroom. And so Benadad's, you know, enraged and he puts Elisha on the hit list. He said, find out where he is. I don't care where he is. Find out where he is. We're going to go get him. And so the word came that he was staying in Dothan. And that was about nine miles north of Samaria, Israel's, Israel's capital. And so that's where we'll start right here. Second Kings. Chapter 6, verse 14 says, Ben-Hadad sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city just, just to capture one man. You know, the enemy is going to do everything that he can to get that one soul. The enemy is going to do everything he can to get you. He doesn't want you to be successful in the kingdom of God. He wants to keep you tied up and tangled up and battled down till you can't accomplish what God has called you to do. And each one of us is called to do a little something in the kingdom of God. You know, just like the angels in heaven rejoice when one soul comes to repentance, you know, the, the, the devil going to do everything he can to try and get you. The Amplified Bible says that Ben-Hadad sent a great army to Dothan. Things looked very bad for Elisha the prophet. You know, at times things look pretty bad for you, for me, for the church. Sometimes it seems like we're in that place where I don't know if we're going to get out of this. We're surrounded by haters, by gossipers, by liars, by negative people, by underminers, by Satan's threats, by disappointments, by frustrations. We're surrounded by atheists and, and humanists that don't believe in the God that we serve. We're surrounded by weak-minded senators and, and, and congressmen. I promise I'm not going to get political, but, but, but Joe Biden isn't president-elect. He's projected to be depending on who you listen to. But I ain't going to say nothing else about that. I'm going to try not to. You know, Paul felt that way. Paul felt like he was just in, in, in all kinds of uh, trouble at times. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. That great host, that great army that was sent uh, to capture Elisha shows the terror that Elisha had inspired in the king of Syria. And for him to send a great army after one man, Shows how scared he was of him. You know, when people hate you, they get stupid. Shouldn't say stupid. Bella told me I'm cussing. 
It's a bad word, Paul. It is a bad word. But people get dumb whenever, whenever they, they hate you. They do things that they should not do and they mess up. You know, the king should have known that the same man who, who knew what was going on in his bedroom would know that, hey, there's an army coming after you. You know, how can you send chariots and horses against a man who has heaven that's backing him up? You know, the town, the town of Dothan uh, was on an isolated hill in the middle of a wide plain that could be surrounded pretty easy. And that's what they did. They came at night. They surrounded the city because they were coming to get one man. The entire army sent to get one little man, one prophet of God. And the people in Dothan were asleep. They didn't realize what was going on. And there's some people around that, that have no idea what's happening in their lives. The devil's taking things from under their noses and they're blind to it. They don't see it. But the good thing is, even though that army came and it, it, it surrounded them, God would come and he would surround the enemy. You know, you may be outnumbered, but, but if, if you count God and his army, you're in the majority. And without God, we can't win. With God, we can't lose. One man plus God makes a majority. God is the deciding vote. So God opened the eyes of the man of God to see the camp of the enemy, to see inside the enemy's camp, to see their plans. And God is on surveillance for you. He's watching you know, God set an ambush around their ambush. They had come and they had set up and they, had, they were ready and they were, had surrounded the man of God and they were ready to take him captive. But you know, the Holy Spirit can warn, warn us of, of approaching dangers as long as we continue to walk in the Spirit of God. As long as we stay in communion with God. Psalms 34 and 7 says this, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Second Kings 19.35 says, One angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. So here we are. This whole hillside is covered. The servant went out and came back in and told Elijah, you know, Master, you know, they're, they're surrounded. We're surrounded. There's a whole army out there. They, they, they come after you think now would be a good time for me to turn in my resignation he didn't think that i'm i'm probably sure he, he thought that but elisha prayed lord open his eyes so he can see and when his eyes were open he saw that that whole hillside was covered it was surrounded by angels Jehoram. Israel's king, he was a stubborn, he was a sinful king. And, and you know, what's strange is he would listen to Elijah's warnings about what invasion might be coming, but he wouldn't warn, listen to his warnings about the dangers of sin. Be careful. Be careful that you don't choose and pick what part of the scripture you want to live by. 
you know, the, the king of Aram, you know, he was mad and he was upset because somebody was telling the king of Israel all his plans, you know, and he asked them, you know, which one of you is for the king of Israel? Man, he was shocked whenever somebody told him the, the prophet Elisha is over there and he's telling them, he's telling the king what you're saying in your bedroom. It's not any of us. Now we got modern technology today. You know, drones fly over, spy satellites are photographing, taking pictures and they can come down and they can count the hair on your head with some of those pictures that they can take. Google Street View takes pictures of your house. We were standing out in the front yard the other day and truck came by with all kinds of cameras mounted on it and just drove around. Google Street View updating. And it takes shots of everything, put it on the internet. You can find anybody's house on the internet. All you gotta know is their address. You pull it up, see what their house looks like. But you know, God does even better. He listens in on your enemy and he knows their plots. Second Kings chapter six, verse 14. I gotta hurry. I'm gonna run out of time. Second Kings chapter six, verse 14 says, therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. So they, he sent his armies over there. But the good thing is, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Luke 22 and 31. Told you I was going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight. If you don't get them all now, you can go back and you can listen to this later on. As long as they don't kick it off. Luke 22 and 31 says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you so that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. We got to walk in faith. Second Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are some people that we're in contact with that, that are so familiar with us, they don't respect us. They think that they can kick you around. They don't realize that God has said, touch not my anointing. Oh, that's just Brother Daryl. Or, or oh, that's just Sister So-and-So. Or that, that's just, just this pastor over here. That's just this pastor over there. No, they're the anointed of God. You better keep your hands off of them. Better keep your mouth off of them. Because God said, don't touch my anointing. God told Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, 15, this is what the Lord says to you to do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The Lord told Moses in Exodus 14 and 3, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptians you see today, you'll see them no more forever. You know, now we can take one or two approaches to the situation. We can either take the fearful approach of the servant or the positive approach of Elisha. Second Kings chapter six, verses 15 and 16 says this. 
When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. God was in control. And Elisha knew that God was in control. Psalms 127.2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Elisha was still asleep. He was, don't worry about it. God's in control. You know, how could that, could that possibly be true? How could those that are forced are more than, than, than those are with them? You know, a Syrian army overwhelming in size was surrounding them. So for the sake of that trembling servant, Elijah prayed. Second Kings 6, 17. O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Now notice the answer to Elisha's prayer. The Knox Bible version says the Lord opened the servant's eyes and clear sight came to him. All at once he saw the whole mountainside beset with flaming horses and chariots. Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 1 Corinthians 4.5 the Lord will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's heart. You know, God needs to open our eyes because the enemy comes in a lot of disguises. Sometimes he comes in like an angel of light. Sometimes he comes in his old ugly form, but no matter the form, the Lord knows him before he gets there. Spiritual sight isn't just about seeing angels. It's about recognizing the Enemy opposing us by temptations, by subtle thoughts, by inferiority complexes, by depression, difficult circumstances. You know, Elisha could have just told the servant everything's going to be all right. But Elisha wanted him to have a firsthand experience. Elisha wanted him to know God wants you too to have that personal experience. That supernatural experience. The vision caused a man to not be afraid of that big army that was there. You know, we serve a God that's that's all powerful, and you know, a lot of times the enemies tried to bring down the people of God, but always God always frustrates the enemy's efforts. You know, those who serve a great God frequently see God do great things. So spiritual vision is important. Why? Because spiritual vision can determine our success or failure as a Christian. It can determine the scope of our work that we'll do for the Lord. It'll determine whether we'll be a giant in the land of pygmies or a pygmy in the land of giants. You know, that young servant of Elijah had a whole host of angels and chariots of fire ready to help, and he didn't even know it. But the Bible says those same angels are available to us. Hebrews 1.14 says, not, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Lord, open our eyes and help us see the angels that are around us.
You know, they're there and they minister to us in our times of need. We, you know, whether it was the Apostle Paul in a storm or whether it's you walking alone in your storm today, the Lord will minister to you. Psalms 34, 7, or yes, 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Lord, open our eyes. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. You know, there's more than one kind of blindness. There's one kind where you can't see physically. There's another that you can't see what you don't want to see. There's another where you can't see what God doesn't wish for you to see. You know, the, the servant was, was blind to, to the angels that were there. But later on down in the story, we see that blindness came on the army of the Syrians. You know, God's people can still be blind to his power and, and, and what he's doing. We got to pray that the Lord opens our eyes. So in verse 18, Elijah prayed that the Lord would blind them, blind the army. And then in verse 19, 2 Kings six nineteen, Elisha told him, this isn't the road and this isn't the city. Follow me, I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. He led him to Samaria. 2 Kings 6.20 And after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked. And, and they opened, the Lord opened their eyes and they looked. And there they were inside Samaria. The watchman on the tower saw a force of this size. Coming in advance, Elisha leading them. The military was marshaled in a hurry. The military had them surrounded. Whenever Elisha prayed, Lord, open their eyes, they were surrounded. Wasn't anything they could do. There wasn't any place for them to fight. They couldn't do anything. They were inside the, their enemy's city and, and they were there. It was too late. You know, God closed the, the eyes of the entire army. And Elisha, the man of God that they had come to capture, led them into the city so that they could be captured. Whenever he did that, the, the, the king of Israel asked Elijah, what do I do with them? Do I kill them? And Elisha answered him, said, don't kill them. He said, set food and water before them so they could eat and drink and then send them back to their master. Elisha told him they, they, they've been embarrassed enough. Just feed them and send them home and, and, and let them go. But I want to tell you something tonight. As Christians, we're a people at war. There's an enemy. His name is Satan. And he's a difficult enemy because we can't see him. 
You know, even if we could, he masquerades as an angel of light a lot of times, but he's a liar and the father of all lies. He comes for one purpose, to steal, to kill, to destroy. So there's an enemy. There's a battle. And the battle is waiting for you to enter into it. You've got a choice. You can fight the battle before the enemy brings it to you, or you can wait until the enemy... You can fight the battle before the enemy brings it, or you can wait until he brings it. It's up to you. You can pull down his strongholds right now by praying. Take the battle to the enemy. Tear down his kingdom before he comes and tries to tear you down. And there's a battlefield. The battlefield's for your mind. The enemy will attack you and try to convince you of things that aren't true. Uh, The word of God calls us to renew our mind and, and not be conformed to the patterns of this world. We gotta have the mind of Christ. We've gotta put on that mind of Christ and there's victory. There's certain victory, but it isn't for those that become weary in the fight and turn tail and run. Jesus said in Revelation chapter two, verse 26, to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I'll give authority over the nations. Let's enter into the battle today. Let's take the fight to the enemy. Strike out at him. He's already been dealt a death blow when Jesus rose from the dead and it's time for us to take control and stem the tide of the enemy's advance. It's time to stand in the power of God. Time to stand on the word of God. Time to stand in the Holy Spirit. Time to stand in the name of Jesus and be part of the greatest army that God has ever allowed to be established. Are you ready? Hey, repeat after me. We're not going to let him steal our families. We're not going to let him affect our health. We're not going to let him control our finances. Devil, you can't have our schools. You can't have our government. You can't have our church. Deuteronomy 20 and 1 says this, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. So remember this, when we go out and we go into battle, it's not us going out to fight. The word of God says right here, says that for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Hallelujah. Let's pray tonight. Father God, I thank you for bringing us to this place in our lives. Thank you for your favor on us. May your fire fall from high upon us afresh in the name of Jesus. Lord, sanctify us inside and outside completely in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, empower us to arise and battle against the power of the enemy in Jesus' name. 
Blood of Jesus, save us from the sin that we've allowed in our lives in the name of Jesus. Everything that would bring affliction and poverty in our lives, we pull you down in Jesus' name. Any obstacle, barrier, difficulty, challenge, problem, or mountain that has delayed our success, we destroy it in Jesus' name. My God shall arise in me and his glory is going to shine forth as the sun in Jesus' name. Any power that says will not move forward, everlasting confusion will be their portion in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, arise and pursue all of our pursuers that don't want us to be successful in you in the name of Jesus. Listen to us, Satan, because of the blood of Jesus, you have no more power over us, no more place in us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pursue, overtake, and recover all in the name of Jesus. Lord, we commit, we submit, we dedicate, we relegate our lives and that of our families and connections to you for total protection and control in Jesus' name. From this day forward, We'll live out our true identity in you and move ever closer to fulfilling our calling in you. <coughs> in Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Hallelujah. One moment. The enemy didn't like what I had to say. I don't care what the enemy thinks. Hallelujah. We appreciate you guys listening tonight. I know that we stayed a little bit over. It's 6.41. I went over about 10 minutes, 11 minutes longer than I was planning to. But I just want you to know that we love you, that we're praying for you, that we're asking God to bring you to a place that you can be powerful in the kingdom of God. Come join us on Sunday morning at Faith Fellowship Church, 7921 Third Street Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40214. We'd love to have you in service with us. We love you tonight. God bless you. And know that Jesus loves you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.